98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Top stories of the day presented to you at 4 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're going to start with ASU football, another big game for them this weekend up in Seattle, taking on the Washington Huskies, who of course have suspended their head coach Jimmy Lake for this one. It's a 5 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, uh, as you'll hear the game here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. 95% chance of rain for this game, according to weather.com. Well, the thing that favors ASU is that that they run the ball really well, um, and, and, and Washington is not very good at stopping the run. So I think that bodes well. For Arizona State, that they, you know, they should be able to go out there, run the ball. They run the ball really as good as anybody in the country, and Washington really struggles in that. So I think that that the, the game plan will be very simple: just keep feeding those running backs the ball. And of course, a lot of changes for Washington. Their offensive Lots. coordinator fired, their head coach suspended for a game. Right, so it's how they cope with what's going to be a very different set of circumstances for them this week will be something to keep an eye on as well. The Arizona Diamondbacks hired their new pitching coach today, Brent Strom. Leaving the Astros for Arizona, he was there for well over five years. Uh, he's 73 years old. He says, quote, it's bittersweet. I'm leaving a tremendous organization, but it's a fresh start. We'll see what transpires, close quote. According to the reports I'm reading, once he announced he wasn't going back to the Astros, he was the Diamondbacks' top choice. Yeah, listen, they, they're changing the coaching staff. To, you know, Lavello, you know, got a one-year extension. It wasn't a reward for the job that was done because obviously the Diamondbacks were, were one of the worst teams in baseball last year, second worst. Uh, but they changed the coaching staff. A lot of the coaching staff, you're going to see a lot of turnover there and see if that can you know, help Tori Lovello. And obviously it's up to Mike Hazen now to bring in some talent because this team lacks the, the, the talent necessary to compete. Suns are back on the floor tonight in Memphis taking on the Grizzlies. DeAndre Ayton doubtful. Landry Shamit is questionable. Dylan Brooks won't play for the Grizzlies. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage at 5.30. Phoenix Suns have won six straight games. Yeah, no distraction with the investigation there, right? I mean, they've won six straight games, but this will be a tougher matchup. This is a good Grizzlies team. They're young. They're talented, led by John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And they've got former son DeAnthony Melton playing well, and they got the young kid Desmond Bain. So not an easy matchup for the Suns. We'll see if they can keep their win streak intact. NFL weekend this weekend could be a big one for the Cardinals, but the other teams in the division, we have to wait until Monday Night Football to see the Rams take Take on the 49ers. The other big one to watch, the Seahawks taking on the Packers on Sunday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, this will be a big one. All eyes are going to be on both quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, you know, is, is he back? Aaron Rodgers, is, is, is he back? You know, are you going to have that matchup of Wilson against Rodgers? Seattle's 3-5. and five. They lose this game to fall to 3-6. and six. Like, you, you start to get to the point you're running out of games. You're running out of games. So you fall to 3-6. and six. You know, you're not out of it, but you're close to being out of it. But our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and we'll stick with the Cardinals on this one, is the state of the Cardinals and their health. Cliff Kingsbury today with his update on Kyler Murray. The good news, Kyler practiced today. The news that we're not sure about, whether he's going to play. Yeah, just he's progressing. Obviously, it's good to have him out there. Um, We'll see how he feels tomorrow and Sunday and go from there. But Cliff also made it clear that there's if he's ready, he'll play. There won't be saving him for another day if he's ready to play. Yeah, we've discussed all possibilities. But, I mean, in this league, it's it's week to week. As you know, you got to try to win every game. You have an opportunity to win. So if he is ready to go, he'll play. Yeah, I... 
We'll see how it goes. You know, I I think that he, you know he, he got through, he got out there today, which is different than last week, right? Last week on Friday, he didn't do anything. Today, he did something. Yesterday, the, the news seemed pretty good. You kind of felt yesterday like, oh, Kyle, Kyle's going to come back and play. I don't have any you know odds one way or another on whether he's going to play or not. Colt McCoy is a very capable backup quarterback, and I think he could lead the Cardinals to another win if need be, but you do want to see Kyler get back out there. So I'm hopeful he plays. I'd like to see him play, but they're going to be shorthanded with some other guys out for sure. Yeah, they are. Just real quick, Steve Kime, when he was on with us about an hour ago, um, quote, to me, it's going to come down to how Kyler feels on Sunday. It's really in his hands, and if he's comfortable enough to play, I'm sure he'll go. If not, we feel very confident in Colt McCoy. Those other guys you're talking about, let's start with uh, Kyler's running mate at wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he is a game-time decision. Cliff saying today he's not sure. Um, for Sunday, I'm not sure. Same deal. I mean, it's day-to-day with those guys, and, and we're hoping they'll be ready to go, but I'm not sure. And I know you've checked on this one, right? Yeah, I think there's a chance that he could sit this one out, give it one more week. Now, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not willing to say he's out, but I would lean. I'd have a lean towards they give Hop one more week to get ready. That's what I would lean. You got AJ Green back; he'll be back. You'll have Rondale Moore. You'll have your, you'll have Christian Kirk, and I probably and you got Zach Ertz, or James Conner. You probably feel like you got enough offensive weapons. So I would lean towards they probably give Hop one more. Now Rondale Moore is also listed as questionable for this game. Cliff Kingsbury gave a brief update on him. Um, we'll see. He's progressing. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go. He was back on the practice field today. Hopefully, he's ready which I think, to your point about Hop, you get A.J. back off of the COVID list, Rondell Moore can play. Maybe you feel like you can give Hop one yeah. more week if you had to. Because the thing with Hopkins is it's a it's a hamstring. It's a soft tissue injury. you got to be careful to make sure that thing is fully, completely healed. And I think that they could they, – they, that's why I'm leaning towards one more week off for D. Hop just to – you know, just to make sure that he that he's right to come back. Buddha Baker, here's your brief update on on that from Cliff. Uh, he, he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. I expect him to play. Okay, there so you go. good. That's, that's yeah. good news there. No, that's good news. And listen, the depth on this team has been tremendous, and we learned a lot about that last week with the job that you know Steve Kahn putting this team together. Man, it's just such great depth that they can. You know, you don't want to go to that well too many times and have to rely on 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 all your depth guys because you know sometimes it, it it'll backfire on you. But you feel good about the. Their chances of, of winning a football game with what they have okay. as backups. So technically, let me read this to you because yeah. it's brought to you by the Joint Chiropractic. Feel better with affordable, routine chiropractic care from the Joint. Your back, baby. This is the official injury report for the game. These guys are officially out. Chase Edmonds. We knew this. He's not going to play. Justin Pugh with the calf injury. Not going to play. Jonathan Ward, James Wiggins, neither one of those guys are going to play. Jonathan Ward with the concussion still that he suffered against the Packers. Wiggins dealing with a knee injury right now. So let's look at the running back depth chart. You've got James Conner, number one, and you've got Eno Benjamin, number two. You have no Ward, and you have no Chase Edmonds. Your number three running back, Rondale Moore. We talked about that a couple days ago. Your number three running we, back is Rondell Moore. Didn't we talk about that yesterday? We talked as about a possibility. that. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that as a possibility. Yeah. Now, you may not have to use him a whole lot, but if somebody goes down, that's a guy that you can hand the ball off to. You've got Connor and you've got Eno, but if they, but your, your, your third backup right now is Rondell Moore. I would have zero objections 
to you want to say Rondale it. Moore get a carrier? Yeah, too. I know On you don't. Zero objections. You want him, you want to him to that. get more touches? Uh, Buddha's questionable. Max Garcia's questionable. DeAndre Hopkins questionable. Moore we talked about. Kyler Murray we talked about. Jordan Phillips also defensive lineman is questionable for this game, and that's your injury report. Uh, meanwhile, for the Panthers, Brian Burns, the defensive end, he is listed as questionable for this game as well. When we come back. In retrospect, it was a genius move. At the moment, it was as bold as it gets. The decision that took the NFL by surprise in 2019, Cliff and Kyler revisited next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. This Cardinals team, as you would expect at 8-1, and one, they're starting to get just all kinds of attention. And it was, um, as you know, as you would expect, they're 8-1. They're the best team in the NFC. They've got the best record in the NFL. Season ends right now. They've got home field advantage throughout the course of the playoffs, right? That's what it takes to get attention these days. It's, it, it usually... You want a little attention. What do you need? Go 8-1, have go the eight. best record in the NFL. We'll give you some attention. Yeah, it's usually how that works. There was... Um, the Lions aren't getting any attention these days, are they? No, they're not getting Well, you pull off an upset. You know, like Miami did last night. You get a little of attention, you pull off an upset. Sure. If you're not a good football team, you win a game you're not supposed to, you'll get a little love. So here's what Albert Breer did. Longtime NFL insider. He's with Sports Illustrated and the MMQB.com. He writes, this week I did my annual poll of general managers and scouting directors to gather who those inside the league see as the most worthy of winning midseason awards. And it's obvious, based off of the results that he got, that he decided to do a story about why the Cardinals decided to hire Cliff Kingsbury, because in the Coach of the Year vote by those executives polled by Albert Breer, Cliff Kingsbury has 18 first-place votes as coach of the year. The next closest guy is Mike Vrabel. With he's nine. running away with it. He's running he's away running with running away with coach Absolutely. of the year right now. So you can see uh, Breer, he's like, okay, I just did this informal poll. Cliff Kingsbury has twice as many votes as the next guy for coach of the year. I should probably write a story about this. So he did. And he wrote a story in which he revisited the 2019 decision. Fantastic. To fire Steve Wilkes after a year to ditch Josh Rosen after a year and to go with Cliff and to go with Kyler. And it's a fascinating read, kind of revisiting all that. Cause we through Michael that. Bidwell, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, most of it was it's through Michael Bidwell that they went back and they looked at it and they said, okay. And I thought there's, you know, the, the best comment of the whole story to me, you know, was Michael basically, you know, and I love this one, too. I mean, the, the reason they hired Kingsbury, a sales pitch, I'm going to turn Rosen into a dude. Because <laughs> that point when they hired Cliff was was Rosen. They weren't like moving on from Rosen when they hired Cliff. They weren't be like, oh, we're gonna get rid of this quarterback. They, we need to hire a guy that could get the most out of Josh Rosen. So that's why they were going for Cliff. But in the end, they decided to go in a different direction. But here's my favorite quote: "Don't be afraid to make bold moves and admit when you've made errors or mistakes and move on from them. Fixing a mistake fast is a good thing. That's really what we did. He's like, what do we? We didn't do anything. We fixed the mistake." We hired a coach. We didn't like him. We fired him. We drafted a quarterback. We didn't like him. We traded him. Now, you know, we can look at that. When he says that's all we did, man, that is easier said than done. Oh, sure. That is hard. Sure. For, to, to, to lose faith in somebody in that short amount of time. From the time Wilkes was hired to the time they decided to fire him, that's not a very long amount of time. No. And, and, and you know, and 
Breer points this out in the story. What makes it so hard, and I remember you and I specifically talking about this when it happened, what makes it so hard is that you're now your judgment comes into question. Well, like, wait a minute. You, you, you got the quarterback wrong. You got the coach wrong. What makes us as your fans think you're going to get the next coach and quarterback right if you were already so quick to give up on the two guys that you made a mistake with, right? Like it's one of those, you start to doubt their ability to judge talent properly. If you're going to give, if, if you were that wrong, you know, eventually, I guess the point I'm trying to make, eventually, if you make enough wrong decisions, it's not about the decisions. It's about the decision maker, right? It's about the one making those decisions. hundred percent. And if you keep those, keep piling up on you eventually after a while, you're like, man, you shouldn't be, making this decision because you obviously can't make a right one, and that's where the bold part about it comes because you were... Allowing Steve to make the decision. Well, just you're opening yourself up to the criticism of, man, you you fire a coach less than a year later, you're ditching a quarterback less than a year after you drafted him in the top ten of the draft. What makes you think you've got the right chops to make these decisions in the first place if you're going to get them so wrong so fast, because people, you know? P- because people get m- make wrong decisions all the time yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. You can't, like, expect perfection from somebody. Guys are going to mess up. There's, go look at all the coaches that are hired right now. I mean, it, you know, some sometimes you hold on to a coach for too long. Hey, yeah. I'm going to hold on to a coach for... When a coach gets fired after two years, could they have fired him after one? Look at all the coaches that get fired after two years. Look at the coaches that get fired after three years. Could they have fired that guy after the first year and just said, you know what, this ain't going to work? Of course they could. Sometimes they try to fit the square peg through the round sure, hole. You sure. know what, let's just give him more players. Let's give him another year. Let's give him a... So sometimes that, you know, like you look at Vance Joseph. Everybody wanted Vance out after that first year, but they held on to him, right? That was the right decision. You've got to know, like, you know, if when you'll know when you made... They, they didn't believe they made a mistake with Vance Joseph. They thought they had the right guy. So they stuck with Vance and look at the Cardinals yeah. defense now. They knew they made a mistake with Wilkes. And I told you earlier, they didn't love Rosen when they drafted him. I don't know if they'll ever admit that. They didn't love Rosen when they drafted him. They liked him. They liked him enough liked to him. be able to put themselves in a position to get him. Right, but, but they weren't looking at him the way they've looked at you know other quarterbacks in the past. They They... They liked him, and yet sometimes you got to take a shot. Yeah, you got to take a shot. They needed a quarterback. As much as that might be the case, they liked him, they didn't love him. Even you would admit the idea of moving on from a quarterback that you've drafted in the top ten after just one year—that doesn't no, happen. No, that I mean that literally does not happen in this league. Like coaches, yes. Well, we hired the wrong guy. Let's go get a different coach. That happens. That's happened a lot actually over the last twenty years. But the idea of giving up draft capital, moving to number 10, taking a quarterback, and then eight months later going, oops, never mind, wrong guy. That doesn't happen. Usually, usually you let me let me get somebody to work with him. Let me you know, right. Maybe it's us. Maybe we have the wrong coordinator. Maybe we have the wrong quarterbacks coach. Maybe we just got to work with and, him. And, we that gotta... was, and that was Cliff's pitch. Hey, I, I can fix I him. I can fix him. I can fix him. Hire me. I'll, 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 what's, what's the line? Dude. I'm going to turn Rosen into a dude. Was, mm. was the sales pitch? Which, if I'm Michael, if I'm Steve, that's what I want to hear. Okay, I've got this maybe franchise quarterback. Tell me you're going to make him a stud, and then I'll consider hiring you. Tell yeah. me how you're going to make and him a stud. And that's what he got hired on. Not yeah. knowing. And listen, the other thing was that because he knew Kyler so well, he kind of. 
took himself out of the yeah. kind of like Igor Kokoshkov with the DeAndre Ayton Luka Doncic recused, decision. Recused himself from the conversation a little I bit. Couldn't think of that word. Recu- yeah. Recused. 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 That's the word. He recused himself. himself. Like, I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm I not. was gonna say reclused himself, but that doesn't work, <laughs> no, right? No, it's not. That's recused. Recused um, himself. Of those four decisions, I, I okay. Fire Wilkes, move on from Rosen, hire Cliff, draft Kyler. Okay. Of those four decisions, I would rank them in order of boldness. Okay, I'm going to go with you here. As such, the least bold thing was drafting Kyler, number one. Agree. The second least bold thing was firing Wilkes. Agree. Number three on that list is moving on from Rosen. I agree. Okay, we agree. And number, number one, one is hiring, hiring Cliff. Cliff. That was the most bold of those four They things. go into details about Cliff in this story, which, you know, you'd have to read it to really. But they talk about how they knew him a little bit and, you know, and then Cliff was with the Jets and, uh, you know, and they, they made a promise that he wasn't going to take any any job with the Jets before he got out here and, you know, and it says Bidwell and Kime had turned their focus to finding a coach who could develop Rosen better. And through some happenstance, is that the right word? Happenstance. Happenstance. There were connections to Kingsbury. Kime had gotten to know him from the scouting trail, kept an eye on him the same way he uh, years early was monitoring a young Washington coordinator named Sean McVay as a potential successor to Arians. And it was on that trail, as part of the trip to work out Kingsbury's quarterback at Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, that Bidwell first met the coach in 2017. So there was a little bit of, they kind of knew him a little bit. I'm going to go see, and you always do this, right? I'm going to go see Patrick Mahomes, and in the end, you pick Cliff's brain. You're like, you know what? I kind of like that guy. Yeah. Keep, let's keep our eye on that guy. He might be a good coach someday, and that's how it worked out. Texas, your thoughts on all of this? The FanDuel text line is open for you at 620-620 right now. And if we get a chance, we'll, we'll, as always, read the best ones on the air. It's going to be another important weekend for ASU with perhaps everything in their favor. Can they carry whatever momentum they gained last weekend into this weekend's game against the Huskies? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, let's update that Twitter poll question of the day as it's 4.30 here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's turn it back over. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. To Nate, Mitch, Nate. You're not going to respond when I refer to you as Nate. Who's Nate? <laughs> you. You're Nate. You know what? Just for fun. let's. Mm. Eric, can we do this one more time? Yeah. Listen, let's, we can go to Eric for the Twitter poll update. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're going to go to – we're going to get – the reason why we're calling Mitch Nate, and we're, we're he's being very good-natured about this. We're giving him an unbelievable amount of crap about this. So yesterday, Mitch leaves us a little early, uh, like about this time, right? About 4.30? Right after the poll update, Okay, yeah. you went down to Desert Financial Arena, and mm-hmm. you had been hired by UC Riverside to be the play-by-play guy for their audio stream. For their right? one game, yes. For their one game audio stream. Nice opportunity for you. You get to call a basketball game. I know you love doing play-by-play. Absolutely. You've done like minor league baseball play-by-play. We've talked about this in the past. So here's this great like buzzer-beater moment. Let, now let... back to Tattersall looking for the open man. Mormon takes it. Mormon with a dribble, a fire from deep. Good! It's good! J.P. Mormon fires it from beyond the half-court line, and it's in. And the Highlanders upset the Sun Devils here in Tempe on a Hail Mary from deep. 
haven't got his voice to crack the way the I best play by play guys do. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden today, you know, he's he's he's. Uh, I got to go get my lunch. It leaves the meeting to go get his lunch. Who does that? <laughs> Sit down. You got work to do. And then, like, Eric, like, okay, we're going over the sound, and it's Eric going over the sound. I mean, he, instead of Mitch giving us, like, okay, here's what Cliff said, here's what Kyle said, Eric's doing it. In, and in, in defense of that There's no specific, defense for this. Well, it has nothing to do with last night. It has to do with the fact that I'm going to be leaving next week, and I want to make sure Eric understands the process uh, yeah. of preparing buying Burns that? and Gambo. You're buying this? Wait a minute. You just got the gig. You're leaving next Dude, where week. Where are you going? You just maybe got hired. You, maybe I've, you, I've you, ha- okay. You know how everybody... <laughs> unbelievable. You know, you know how everybody today. had vacation plans in, oh, I don't know, maybe spring of 2020? Uh-huh. So my dad turned 60 back in 2019. We had plans to go to Hawaii in March of 2020. Oh. That obviously didn't happen. It got pushed to... Right before Thanksgiving of this year. Right, that takes some of the fun out of us teasing you. So we're just so going yeah, to feel good celebrate now? your dad's 60th birthday in Hawaii yeah. when he's 62. Because Two the, years later? Because yeah. they couldn't, because of, cause of COVID. Of COVID. They couldn't yeah, travel. We couldn't go to our villa in Italy, unfortunately, uh, during COVID. We're, we're calling, we're calling so him. So we're calling him Nate because, you know, in, in Ted Lasso, Nate became just a total jerk. Yeah, he got this big you head. Know, and, and Big head and, and yeah, yeah and so, ego so. and everything. And that's how Mitch is walking around right now. I did the play-by-play <laughs> for 13 people that listened to UC Riverside. He's actually not being like that at all, but we're just, uh, you know, it's theater of the mind here on radio. We're trying to make it In fairness to Gambo, like... I did have to leave the meeting to grab my lunch. I and, do have some priorities. And, and in guys. fairness to Gambo, that was kind of an awkward moment. Moment. Hey, Eric, can you run the meeting? I'm going to go grab my food. Grab your food. <laughs> the great Roy Kent. You're old now. And slow. And your focus drifts. But your speed and your smarts were never what made you who you are. It's your anger. That's your superpower. That's what made you one of the best midfielders in the history of this league. But I haven't seen it on the pitch at all this season, Roy. I mean, you used to run like you were angry at the grass. You used to run it reminds like you were angry yeah. at so the grass. So then after the meeting, Mitch, uh, Mitch is like, hey, listen, you know, you're really at your best when you're doing your rants. And if you're not angry, you're not a good talk show host. And yeah, he's, he's, trying to, he's, 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 he's inter- coaching you up. Nate he's coaching you up. Out, yeah. All right, Mitch, uh, we've given you enough, a uh, hard enough time. Uh, what is today's Twitter poll question of the day? Because Did we even have a Twitter poll we, question we, today? No, we do. We do. And and really, you, you, I'm, I'm calling off the dogs because that's a, that's a really sweet story about you going to yeah, party with your dad uh, because of COVID and everything. Yeah, so, yeah I well, wish it was more of a lame story. I, then we I really know. That's, a, on, that's yeah. a really good story. So I think yeah. we kind of have to back off a little bit because you weren't able to go to the I can COVID, make so. a lame story, but I'll do it after I tell the poll question. What you got? Day. All right, give me, the, so give me the poll question. We knew the news yesterday was Cam Newton signing with the Panthers, the reunion, if you will, but he's already not been, he's not been ruled the starter. It would still be P.J. Walker, but... Joe Brady's leaving the door open a bit, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. So we're asking you guys, will Cam Newton play on Sunday? We have a bet on this. We do. Uh, we made it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm saying yes, he's going to play. Gambo saying no, he's not going to play. Right. All it takes is for him to be in for a snap or two, and and I would win. You would win. That bet. Uh, I'm, I think he's going to play. I'm going to stand by the bet. I think he's going to play. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's inactive. You know, you only got two quarterbacks. You're not going to. I don't think they'll have three quarterbacks active. But you don't know. But it's a fun bet. It's a fun bet. If he comes into the game, I'm going to be down to lunch next week. Yeah, you haven't bought me lunch in a while, so that that's that works true, for me. So, true. what's our audience say on this one? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, our audience was in the no category back at 2:30, and they're still there. It's a little bit more now, though. 
59.4% say Cam Newton will not see action on Sunday. 40.6% say yes. Okay, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gamble Twitter page. Um, ASU football in Seattle taking on UW tomorrow. And, and for ASU, I mean, Utah, I think I read where Utah basically one more win and one and more ASU loss, and, and they clinched the Pac-12 South. Uh, and Utah's playing U of A this weekend. Sorry, Wildcats, but I, I think the the magic from last weekend is probably over when you're going well, against Utah. Well, you know, unless you know, 25 players on their football team come down with COVID, that's how U of A can win a game. Possibly, that's their, that's yeah. their blueprint. That, that's, that, that's the that's blueprint. blueprint for victory is is having your yes. team go through a COVID outbreak. Uh, for ASU, a weird game, um, only because the weather is going to be rotten. There's like a 95% chance of precipitation throughout the evening in Seattle tomorrow. So hopefully the run game and Rashad White, which she had a big emergence last weekend against USC, hopefully that travels really well. It's UW that's in the really weird spot because they fired their offensive coordinator. Their head coach is suspended. That program is, I mean, you talk about locks to make a coaching change. Yeah. We talk about ASU, man. It seems like Washington is a lock to make a coaching change. No, they'll change. make a coaching change because the recruiting's not going very well and there's been some incidents. But a lot of people thought, you know, when the Pac-12 did their preseason media poll, a lot of people figured right, right away in the Pac-12 North that, that Oregon was going to be the best team. But they figured that the team that could compete with them was Washington. They had 18 to 22 starters coming back. They won three of its first four games in 2020. So there was a feeling that Washington could be okay. And then they come out of the gates, and you'll remember this. They lost to Montana. Yeah, They lost. They scored seven points and lost to Montana. Over their next eight games, they only scored more than 24 points twice. Their offense is terrible. Now, their defense is, ranks as one of the best in the whole country. So they've been able to you know, get by with their defense. But you're looking at a Washington team that's 4-5 and five overall, 3-3 three and three in the Pac-12. And offensively, they're, they're 109th in scoring. They're 112th in yards per game. They're 109th in yards per game. They're just, just not a good offense. Their defense is really good. It's a solid defense. But the sideline incident is just, you know, one of the reasons what they'll probably move on from Jimmy Lake. There's a lot of other things going on with that program, too. And a lot of it just comes down to just recruiting. They're not landing many top recruits. You know, Peterson always got a lot of good recruits to go there. And, and Lake's just not getting those type of guys. I mean, their class ranked, their class right now is 54th in the country. And for 2022 in recruiting, and that you, you're not going to get to where you want to go when you're you're there. So there, that's why they'll probably move on. One thing I'll be curious to see with this game on Friday or Saturday afternoon, evening. It's a five o'clock uh, kickoff. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if Sam Heward gets in. He's a five-star freshman quarterback. He made his college debut in week three against Arkansas State. He played about 11 snaps. Yep. He played seven more snaps during the week eight win at Arizona. He is Damon's son Damon Heward's so son. he's Brock's Brock is his uncle and Brock is a friend of ours we you know I know you text yep. him a lot and I reach out to him every now and then we'll probably have Brock Heward on the show next week I'm looking at Mitch when I say that we'll probably have Brock Heward on the show next week to talk Seahawks football yes there you go because Brock's a buddy of ours I thought I was Nate uh, yeah you're Nate <laughs> that's why you're the rest not of the show yeah, you're Nate I, I, I called you by the wrong name I, I if would, I could get an a, AFC Richmond Nate jersey, I might. That might be your Christmas present this year. As a fan of Brock and a friend of Brock, it'd be kind of cool to see his nephew get in there. Sure. Play, given that he's a five-star recruit and carrying on kind of that 
UW tradition of the Hewards and things like that. Well, the quarterback they have now is a redshirt freshman. It's the, the Dylan Morris kid. Yeah. Is the, but, you know, they just, again, the offensive attack is, is just not there. So, and Morris is the, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's a guy that's got a lot of talent and everything, and they recruited him heavily, but he's been very turnover prone. He's, you know, leads the Pac 12 in interception. So maybe you'll see a change of quarterback this week. Texas, your thoughts on ASU UW? The FanDuel text line is open for you at 620, 620 right now when we come back. Two NFC West teams play each other. The other NFC West team facing a crucial game on Sunday afternoon. We'll take a look around the West and around the NFC next on the Burns and Yambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. An unstoppable offense just became more unstoppable. You know, this is an offense that loves to throw the football with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. And I think the most appealing aspect of it for Odell had to be Matthew Stafford. Mm. He has never had a quarterback as talented as he has now going to the Rams. And he's never had an offensive system or a coach that views players the way he's got with Sean McVay right now. That's Dan Orlovsky on ESPN yesterday talking about Odell Beckham Jr. going to the uh, L.A. Rams as we welcome you back to Burns and Gambo. John Gambadoro, Dave Burns here on uh, the flagship home of the Cardinals, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. What's interesting about OBJ going to the Rams as we kind of hit the zoom out, look at the NFC West here, is in reading um, Jordan Rodriguez's story about it, she's a beat writer, covers the Rams for the Athletic, it was a player-driven move. Like, the players were reaching out to OBJ. It was Robert Woods. Yeah. It was Jalen Ramsey. It was Cooper Cup. It was guys whose very touches might be jeopardized by the presence of OBJ. And apparently they were the ones who were like, no, really, come here. Come here. You're going to love it here. This is great. This is awesome. Come here. There are still some people who doubt whether it's going to work. Did you see the comments of John Jefferson? The safety. I did. Yeah, who used to play for the Rams. Now he's with I the was Browns. In, uh, your email today. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know if that's going to work, guys. Well, because you've got a great, you know, and he, he points it out very well. You've got a really great number two receiver. Yeah. You've got a really good number two receiver in Robert Woods. And that was his point. His point wasn't the number three receiver. His point was, your number two receiver is really good. So where does he fit in? I mean, does he fit in as the, as the third receiver? Or can you. You know, you're going to be more one-dimensional passing the football. And then, look, and I like I know they like Van Jefferson a little bit, too, there. It all depends on what OBJ you're getting. You're getting the guy with the Giants, you're getting the guy with the Browns. I don't know. Yeah. The latest was the Browns. I mean, for three years, he was with the Browns. You know, they had said that, oh, he lost a step. You know, he had a couple injuries. He's just not the, he's just not the same. He's a very talented receiver. Man, he took this league by storm when he came from LSU and went to the Giants. He was so good. We haven't seen that Odell Beckham Jr. He's a name-only guy, right? He's a name-only guy. 100%. Absolutely. So you think you're getting this, you know, you think you're getting this great player. He, you might not be. Now, maybe he goes there and he chips, you know, he chips in and he helps out and he's content and he's happy and things like that. We just don't know. For the Rams, you know what? There's two ways to look at it. You can look at it like you got nothing to lose. Why not? Just see if you can get another weapon on this offense. You're behind the Cardinals. And I think a lot of it could be because they lost last week against Tennessee and they didn't play well. But there's also the, you know, is the guy going to be a distraction? You just don't know. I mean, is he going to be content if he doesn't get the ball a whole lot? If he, what if he's not the number one option? He's not the number one option. What if he's not number two? What if he's, he's, what if he's not the third option? It's just, 
It really depends on his mindset and if he's ready to accept whatever role they give no him. No doubt about it. Uh, and and so for the Rams, this new look that they've got, and I, I, I haven't seen anything new about Vaughn Miller. I know as of this morning, he was still kind of questionable for the game, and, and they weren't quite sure whether he was going to play or not. But this new look Rams with Vaughn Miller, with OBJ, we have to wait until Monday night to see it. And you were joking about it yesterday, and I don't entirely disagree with you. By the time Monday Night Football rolls around, usually I'm a little fried from football, and yeah. I tend to watch it at a great distance. You know, it's just kind of like it's on in the background, and that's it. Man, there will be no great distance watching this no. Monday Night Football game. It's the Rams and yeah, give the 49ers, it. and that's a big deal. The thing that one of the things that popped to me, and I didn't, I didn't include this when we were we were talking about it today. Bill Plaschke in the LA Times wrote a, a really a really good column today. And his column was, Rams adding divisive, underproductive Aldell Beckham Jr. is a bad idea. Said it was a bad idea. Hmm. So, you know, it, you know, he said, um, you know, they're wrongly, attempt, wrong, they're wrongly attempting a hero play. They're foolishly shooting for an unreachable star. They're not even looking downfield. OBJ is a legitimate celebrity, a Hollywood star, an internet click machine, that rare football player who fits every stereotype about the cool Los Angeles athlete, right down to the congratulatory tweet from LeBron James. <laughs> what he's not anymore is a very good receiver. Wow. And what he does always is bring drama and distraction. He does. That's Bill Plaschke and the LA Times. He said the Rams don't need any of those things. Yet they there they were picking him up as if he... Uh, we're casting Dancing with the Stars, seemingly ignoring the trouble he can cause for the buzz he will create. I, that was your main columnist in the L.A. Times. I do think there's a tremendous amount of risk for the L.A. Rams for bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. Now, this game on Monday, and we'll probably talk more about it on Monday, but just to kind of give you a quick look ahead, it's the Rams 7-2 and two versus the San Francisco 49ers 3-5. and five. For San Francisco, they looked at this two-game stretch last week against Arizona, this week against the Rams, as sort of their season-saving, season-defining moment. If they lose, they're 3-6 and six. in the NFC. That doesn't put them out of the number 7 seed spot, not, not by a long shot. Right now, the Falcons are the 7 seed in the NFC, and they're 4-4. Four and four. So even at 3-6, and six, it's not like you're way behind. But you're starting to run out of time if you're San Francisco. The other NFC West team, Seattle, and they're getting Russell Wilson back. He says he is raring and ready. I feel great. I feel really close. Um, I'm not, not, not 100% yet, but I'm pretty dang close. I would say uh, I'm the 90 percentile, if not higher. Um, you know, so I, I feel great. Um, I, feel, I, I got great conviction uh, about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. My mindset's better than ever, uh, ready to roll. And uh, ready to go. He's officially been activated. He, he will play. He sounds like Pete Carroll. He does, doesn't he? He like he's just, he's just. He sounds like Pete. Man, <laughs> just oozing positivity <laughs> out of every single pore. You know, like yeah. everything. He's the everything is awesome guy from the Lego Movie. You know, everything's awesome. It's great. Everything's awesome. Look, give him yeah. credit, man. He worked. You know, there's a lot of stories about how, how he worked around the clock to get back at this early state when nobody thought he would be. He cut it in available. half. They yeah, were, they were yeah. telling him six to eight weeks, and he's like, "I'm going to do it in three. And he did. I think he was throwing the next day yeah, after he got thing. the pin taken That's out. That's crazy, right? Take the pin out. They're like, hey, give it like a week. He's, he started throwing the next day with the pin out. Now, for them, Seattle starts their important two-game stretch this week against Green Bay and then next week against Arizona. That will, in many ways, define their season. What we won't know about the Packers will be until tomorrow, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Tomorrow's the first day where he can get the green light to be able to play coming off of the, the time off with COVID. Yeah. 
So uh, assuming he's ready to go, then it could be Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson and two guys who haven't played in a couple of weeks kind of squaring off in that game. And that becomes a very big deal game, not only for the NFC West, but the NFC in general, right? You want Seattle to win. If you're the Cardinals, knock the Packers down. You a want, you know, and I, you know, we always look at this. How do you want a route right now? This is pretty easy. You want the 49ers to win, okay? You've beaten them twice. You, you know, they need to. They, this, they, this is a do or die game for San Francisco. You want the 49ers to beat the Rams. You also want Seattle to beat Green Bay, and a simple reason why, even though you haven't played Seattle yet, is because Green Bay is closer to you than Seattle is. Yeah. Objects in your rearview mirror appear close. Green Bay is closer. You got a break last week with them losing. I don't know how many more games they're going to lose once Rodgers comes back. You want Seattle to win. You're, you're, they, they've got three wins. You're way ahead of Seattle. It's unlikely that Seattle could catch you. You've got such a big lead on them, so you want Seattle to beat Green Bay. All right, when we come back, the decision to bring in Colt McCoy was one that was really supported after how last season ended. For Steve Kime, how big of a deal was it to make that acquisition? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.